our service is a little out of order today, as it has been for the last few weeks. My name is Debbie Osinski. I'm one of the elders here at Sunrise Church. And uh, I'm just going to give some announcements here real quickly, and then we're going to go into worship with Dan and the team. And so we could come into the sanctuary. Welcome to those of you watching online as well. Uh, again, the service is out of a little or different order today, but we're welcome, to having, happy to have you here today. Um, our announcements. Uh, real quickly, we have our Sunrise students are going to have a bowling night this Wednesday, 6.30 to 8.30 at Hudsonville Lanes. Bring your friends. Um, love to have you come and enjoy and have a good time there. And then also just want to remind you about Holy, we have a lot of Holy Week services planned, uh, starting with uh, obviously Palm Sunday, but then Maundy Thursday, uh, Dennis will have some special devotions for us and a way to um, celebrate at home. And then we'll have a Good Friday service as well as our Easter Sunday morning services. So look for more announcements about that online. And then the last announcements is just to remind you, uh, those of you with children for the sunrise day camps during the summer. Registration is, uh, early registration is closing in a couple of weeks or maybe one more week. So if you're planning to have your kids get involved in that, please get them signed up. See Julie if you have any questions about that. So welcome everyone. Let's worship, praise God for this beautiful day. Thank you. Thanks Debbie. Yeah, why don't you guys stand? Let's worship, let's stand together.
that we can depend on you and trust in you and have faith in you that you are there no matter what circumstances we may find ourselves in. And you are the peace that passes all understanding. And God, for those of us this morning who find ourselves in turmoil or in the sinking sand and the, the waves are crashing and the, it feels like the house is going to come crashing down, now we pray for peace in those situations. Pray for your grace, for your mercy. God, that your peace would just flood in. That would overcome the distress, overcome the anxiety. And that hope would prevail. Be our firm foundation. Yes, God, you are so good. Thank you for who you are, for your love that we feel this morning, that we feel overcome by. We bless you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Why don't you guys take a seat? Good morning, Sunrise. Have you ever found yourself in a conversation where you knew that someone was asking you questions and you were, were in this conversation, but they really weren't paying attention to what you had to say? You ever been there? Where, where you knew that what they were doing while you were talking was that they were coming up with their retort or the reason that you were wrong in their own mind as you were having the conversation? Have you ever been a part of a conversation where someone knew the right answer to give you before they had actually heard the problem that you were facing? And the minute that you took sort of a breath to, to inhale, to maybe catch your thoughts or to, 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 to catch your wind just a little bit, they, they jumped in and they answered the question that you weren't actually asking. Has anybody ever been there? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you've been there. Now, okay, put your hands down. Now, let, in, in all honesty, has anybody ever been the person that's done those things to somebody else? Raise your other hand. Yeah. Yeah, today we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 20, verses 29 uh, through 34, as we continue this journey. And the journey um, that we've been talking about through the Lenten season, today we're going to be talking about a journey to listen. Um, Now, one of the things I want to say really quickly as we, we jump into this particular passage is that there are passages in the Scriptures, and this is really, really important. Some are prescriptive. They're basically telling us stuff to do right? Um, they're, they're prescriptive for us. They're, they're giving us uh, not just insights or information, but they're saying, hey, this is the way that you're supposed to respond and to act or, or to function. And there are other passages that are descriptive where, where they're simply telling us, hey, this is what, what happened. I want you to understand first and foremost that this is not a prescriptive passage. So the things that we're going to be gleaning from today are going to be observations that we're making by, by just simply looking at what we see Jesus doing in the passage, okay? This isn't Jesus is saying, this is how you listen or how you function or how you respond 
to someone, but there are things for us to learn by observing how Jesus lived his life and oriented himself towards those that were in need. Are you with me? Okay, let's, let's look at the first, the first movement here. And so in verse, uh, wait a minute. Oh, I must have skipped the, yeah, okay. Uh, verse 29, as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho. Now, Jericho was a city that was about 17 miles north and east of Jerusalem, okay? It was, it was north and east, but, but don't think of it as going up to Jericho from Jerusalem. Jerusalem sat on the high plain. Jericho was in the valley. And so Jericho was this city that was downhill from Jerusalem, 17 miles away. You hear Jericho all the time. Um, was a, there was a large crowd followed him. Him, this is Jesus. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside. Now, there are all kinds of things that are associated with, with blindness. Remember, in the cultural context, blindness was often associated uh, with, with sin of some some sort. People automatically assumed that if you were lame, if you were blind, if you had leprosy, that they functioned most often in the first century according to what we call the law of sowing and reaping, that there was something wrong with you or there was some kind of judgment. Also, keep in mind that, that there wasn't accommodations as there are today for folks that were otherly abled. And so, so blind folks, they, they couldn't work, they couldn't hold a job. They, they, they basically made their living by presuming upon family and friends or by, by begging, okay? There were two blind men sitting by the roadside. When they heard that Jesus was going by, they, the blind men, shouted, Lord, keep that in mind, Son of David, file that away. Have mercy on us. Put a pin in that. The crowds rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder. I love this. Right? It's like the collective. These blind guys looked at the crowd and they're like, you're not the boss of us. And they shouted all the louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus stopped. And called to them, what do you want me to do for you? How curious is this? That the Son of God would ask this question, <laughs> right? It's, now, again, were I one of these blind men, I would probably be tempted to say something like, come on, Jesus, you're better than this. <laughs> right? I've already declared that you're Lord, I've already called you son of David, signifying, hey, I think you're probably the Messiah. I've asked for, for compassion and pity, for goodness sake. Now, Jesus looks and says, what do you want me to do for you? He asked, verse 33, Lord, they answered, we want our sight. And Jesus had compassion. They ask for pity, they ask for compassion, and what does Jesus do? Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately they received their sight and followed him. Now, there's a lot here, and there's a lot to digest, and there's a lot that we could, we could jump through and, and, and exegete this passage, but, but what I want to do, folks, just for the next few minutes that we have, is I, I want to just maybe just press in just, just a little bit and make a few observations and, and, and maybe talk a little bit about what can we learn from how Jesus responded in this particular passage. 
So the first thing that, that I want us to see is that Jesus, in this passage, listened to the cries of the needy. He shows us how to be a listener, how to respond to those that are in need by doing what he did. And the first thing that he did is he actually listened to the cries of the needy. Lord, show us mercy. What's interesting here to me in this passage is that this is kind of this nondescript. They're not specifically asking in the very beginning that Jesus would give them their sight. They were actually asking that he would cultivate a heart of empathy toward them. Show us pity. Show us mercy. Have compassion upon us. Jesus, see us. Jesus, meet us. Jesus, don't pass us by. Jesus, don't leave us here in this state. I don't know about you folks, but quite often I, I find myself when people come and they, 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 they're in a place or a situation where, where they need God's grace, where they need God's mercy, I can, I can all of a sudden or, or probably far too often turn into uh, the, the answer man. I can assume that I know what their situation is like. You know, it's, it, it's interesting, folks. A lot of people like me, I, I find that it's awfully easy for people like me that are in, in my situation um, as a pastor, as someone who represents some type of, of spiritual authority over the lives of others, that, that it becomes awfully easy for people like me to become judges of what other people ought or ought not to do in their lives and in situations that I don't have any idea about. You see, I find it, it awfully easy that, that many folks, especially those of us who are professional Christians or who are especially spiritual, we find it awfully easy to pass judgment on people who have endured decades in a bad marriage. It's awfully easy for people like me to think that I know what it's like to have a prodigal child or to deal with an intense health crisis or to, or to have to navigate an unexpected job loss. It's, it's, it's awfully easy for me to to walk through a receiving line at a funeral and feel like I know what to say. But the reality is, is that quite often what we don't do is we, when we're talking or when we're giving advice, folks, we're really not listening to where people find themselves that are truly in need. You're going to think I'm making this up, but this is a story that is told for the truth. I will give you the person's name because he has told it in public. My dear friend Dave Brannon, who is an author, um, he's written several books. He's an author for Our Daily Bread. If you've ever written the devotional, you probably have um, heard Dave's name. Many uh, years ago, probably over two decades ago now, Dave and his wife endured what all of us parents and grandparents in this room are most afraid of. Their 17-year-old daughter was on the way back from Grand Haven and was hit by a drunk driver and killed. During the viewing for Dear Sweet Melissa, there was someone who came through the line and looked at Dave and, 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 and said these words to him, Dave, I know how you feel. I recently lost my dog. Jesus, listen to the cries of the needy. 
The first thing that he didn't say was, I know how you feel. Even Jesus himself didn't look at these blind men and say, man, I, I know what it's going to be like. Let me tell you what I'm going to have to endure here in a few, here in a year or two. No, he, he didn't offer unsolicited advice. He, he didn't step into a situation and, and offer platitudes. He didn't give useless advice to these men. Jesus didn't make the, the mistake that we often make. He didn't, he didn't answer a question that they weren't asking. Jesus listened to their cries. But there's something else that, that he did, or, or maybe more, more said he didn't do. Uh, Jesus didn't listen to the rebukes of the critics, which I think this is hilarious. Um, so what... Jesus, these men are shouting. The crowd then rebukes them for whatever reason, right? The crowd rebukes them, tells them to be quiet, and they, um, with all the love in their heart, tells the crowd that you're not the boss of me. They continue to shout all the louder. And, and often we think about this fact, you know, praise the Lord that they didn't listen to those who were trying to shout them down. They, they persevered and they pursued Jesus, and that's wonderful and that's great, and we need to pay attention to that. But the thing that struck me this time as I was going through this passage was that not only did the blind men not listen to the crowds, Jesus didn't either. He ignored completely and totally the critics. He didn't pay attention to what they had to say. His focus was on those who really needed him. And he ignored the people that were trying to keep the needy away from him. These men, they shouted all the more. They, they self-advocated. I think that's important for us to understand. But Jesus, Jesus, his concern was for them and not what the crowds thought about his interaction with them. Folks, this is the thing I wonder about. I was raised in a situation, in a church culture, that was very concerned that I remain pure and holy by not associating with outsiders. Can I get a witness? Anybody? Anybody? right? You don't go there. You don't hang out with them. You're not friends with these people. And I, re I, I remember specifically being told, you don't even do, you, right? You don't even go to a place where drinking might be going on because someone might look at you and they might think, oh man, Dennis has been drinking because he's come out of the Hudsonville Grill, right? Nowadays, <laughs> I pastor a church that some of our primary discipleship happens around. It's, it's the reform culture. It's the reform culture. <laughs> right? But the reality was is that these blind men, you guys, meant more to Jesus than the cries of the critics. And I wonder, man, I wonder if there's something that I could learn from this, folks, is that I wonder if, I wonder if, if my buddy that is struggling so much with anxiety and depression that they're self-medicating with if, that they're self-medicating with marijuana every night, I wonder if, if what's going to help my buddy isn't for me to stay away from that person, but for me to press into that person. I wonder if what's going to help someone who may be struggling or who might find themselves on the outside, I wonder, maybe, maybe what's going to help bring down the perception of of my friends who find themselves 
on the wrong end of being hurt by the church. I wonder if what's going to, to make them feel better or not feel better, but, but, but encounter Jesus in a more robust way is by me to close the gap rather than build walls between them and the Savior. Jesus, he, he listened to the cries of the needy. He didn't pay any attention to the rebukes of the critics. But the third thing that he did, and this is really interesting, and, 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 I, and I worded it this way because I think this is, I, I really want us to understand this. Jesus listened to himself. Jesus knew who he was, right? These guys were crying out, Lord, right? They were making this declaration of who Jesus was. Son of David, a clear messianic illusion. They were hoping against hope that this guy was the Messiah. Have mercy on us. And they thought they knew who Jesus was, and they were right, but Jesus actually knew who he was. He knew what he had to offer. And as I was, I was going through this passage this week, the thing that this reminded me, and this, again, this is shifting more from Jesus, and it's maybe more to you and, and me, is that the only way that I'm going to be on this journey of, of listening, the, the, the only way that I'm really going to be able to help people is that, honestly, first I listen to myself. If I know what my limits are, if I know what my resources are, if I know who I am and what I have to give. See, I can't give what I don't have. And as finite beings, folks, maybe, maybe somebody, maybe a lot of somebodies that are out there and you need to hear this, you can't do everything. You can't meet every need. It's not your responsibility to fix all of the brokenness in the world around you. It's not your responsibility. Folks, this may be a newsflash to some people, right? You can't fix other people. You can't do it. So with the limited resources that you have, with the time that you have, with the energy that you have, with the money that you have, with the resources that you have, can I just maybe share this with you? It's okay for you to say, I am limited in this way. I can only do what I can do. I can't give away what I don't have. And that's okay. So you can't give what you don't have, but you can't offer effective help until you know who you are. You see, Jesus knew who he was, and he knew what he had to give. And I started making a list this week about, okay, Dennis, what are the things, right? What are the things that, like, so sometimes you pretend to be one thing, but what are you really? Are you with me, right? Like, we've had a lot of people that... Um, <laughs> Right? We live in a world where everybody that, that has a smartphone and can do a Google search has turned into an epidemiologist, which is kind of amazing to me. But, right, so let's, let's be honest about some of these things, right? What, what do I have? Well, and the first thing that came up, and this is, just, this is just kind of a random list, is that I'm a pastor, I'm not a therapist. I'm a shepherd, I'm not a CEO. I'm a preacher, I'm not a performer. I'm an idealist, not a pragmatist. I will choose people over processes and resources every time. That's how God's made me, you guys. I'm more organic and less organizational. I'm, I'm more questions and 
fewer answers. I'm more gray and less black and white. I'm a human. I'm not a robot. I have limits. And I recharge by being alone. This was on full display last night. Um, I've had a lot of people over the last few days. You guys went to Chicago, saw a Drew direct a concert on Wednesday night, got back here, had a lot of things going on on Thursday. Friday was busy. Michaela had her first water polo tournament. By last night at 6 o'clock when we got home, I was peopled out. And by 8 o'clock, I'm like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> That's okay. You see, the reality is, folks, is that we, Jesus knew who he was, and he knew who, what he had to give. And you and I need to pay attention to this. We need to listen to ourselves as well. But then the last thing we see Jesus doing is that Jesus not only listened to these men, but he listened and he asked a follow-up question, and then he listened some more. What do you want me to do for you? Have you ever thought about that? And they could have asked for all kinds of things. They could have said, Jesus, we want a job. Jesus, we would like unlimited resources to take care of everything that we need. Jesus, we want some prospects. Jesus, we want a community that's going to take care of us. Jesus, we want this, we want that. No, but the wisdom of the blind men here in this instance, you guys, shows the fact that Jesus asked them this honest question. He listens, he ignores the critics, he presses in, he says, what do you want me to do for you? I know what I have to give, but what do you want? What do you need? And they said the right thing. They, it got down to the deepest desire of their heart. We want our sight. Jesus really listened. And he heard their declaration. You see, Lord, they said, Lord, they acknowledged Jesus' right to rule. They called him the son of David, confessing his messianic identity. They asked for his mercy. No specific request, but in this instance, they trusted Jesus with the outcome. Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. There are kinds of two ways. The, the worship team can come forward and, and, and get our last song, but there, there are two ways that I want you to kind of consider and look at this passage through a couple different lenses. The first is, is that Jesus shows us how to listen. It shows, he shows us how to, how to respond to people. He gives us sort of this example of, of, of how we orient ourselves to a world that is broken and needy. But there's also a reality, folks, is that if you're like me, you... You not only see yourself as someone who has things to offer, but you see yourself as the broken as well. And it kind of struck me and it settled over me uh, this week as I was, I was going through this passage and I was studying for this message is that the reality is, is that how Jesus orients himself to this blind man is how he has oriented himself to, to all of us. He is moved with compassion towards you and towards me. No matter the situation we find ourselves in, no matter the struggles that we face, no matter where we are, no matter what our blindness is, aren't you glad that Jesus sees you in that space? 
And that those things, those things that maybe you're, you're ashamed of, those things that you carry, those things that you, you struggle with, all, all of those things that represent the brokenness of this world and the fall in your life, Jesus not only sees those things, but he responds to each and every one of us the same way he responds to those blind men. That he comes, that he, he closes the distance. Now, I wish I could guarantee that we would all get the outcome that we wanted like these guys did. We may not. But sometimes it's enough just to know that Jesus has moved with compassion, that he pursues us just where we are. And that one day, he'll make all things right. But that principally what he did on the cross is that he made peace between us and our God. That he paid it all so that we can have healing at the deepest levels of our humanity. That he listens. That he hears. That he loves. That he identifies. And that he encourages us to do the same for those that are around us. Father, we thank you now for your love and your mercy. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. And Lord, we just pray this morning that you would meet us exactly um, in that point of need. Jesus, we thank you that you love us and you care for us, that you carry us along. Speak peace and healing, encouragement, to each and every heart in Jesus' name. We'll all sing our closing song together. As we do that, we can also give of our tithes and offerings. Um, sowing into the ministries here at Sunrise Ministries doesn't just keep the lights on, but it helps us to sow into ministries that we partner with, with love in the name of Christ and Remember Niger and also our ministries here at Sunrise, the Sunrise Kids, the Sunrise Students. So just know that um, the money is going to wonderful things that we can do here at Sunrise to bless here in the church and bless outside of our church as well. So let's do that. Let's give generously. Let's, let's worship and praise our God as we close this service.
go from this place, be reminded that Christ hears you and he sees you. (laughs) Right where you are. That he doesn't pay attention to the critics, but he comes to you and he comes to me and he invites us to ask for whatever we want. Trusting him to give us exactly what we need to meet us in the time and space that accords with his plan and his will and his good purpose. As we go from here to be dismissed, uh, we're going to, again, there's, there's donuts in the back. There are discovery groups in here. So the young marriage, the not so, uh, well, yeah, young careers, not so young careers like me. Uh, Empty nesters are uh, in the back in the uh, conference room. Uh, new careers over here in this corner. Um, before we go, I, w- I want to make this invitation uh, as we're, we're being dismissed. Uh, you've probably noticed that the big bearded fellow, Pastor Corey, isn't here today. Uh, we're going to pray as, as we, we leave specifically for Corey. Corey and Lindsay are in uh, Columbus. I know there are several of us that know kind of what this is like to get unexpected news, news that we're not excited about. Uh, but um, 
Corey's brother, Bo, who is in his early 30s, uh, went into the hospital this week with what they thought was an infection um, uh, with a tooth. And it turns out after several uh, tests, uh, Bo's been diagnosed with leukemia. Uh, He and his wife, Anna, have two little ones, two and under a year. And Corey and Lindsay are down there uh, caring caring for Bo. And so, folks, it just reminds me, right? There's all kinds of reminders that we've had over the last couple of weeks that we have today, don't we? We have today. But that's the gift that God has, has given us. And so we're going to pray for Bo and for Anna. We're going to pray for, for Corey and Lindsay and the family. Um, but, uh, yeah, as, as, as you go through this week, continue to lift them up in prayers. Um, uh, so our high schoolers, eighth grade through high schoolers, that means that you're stuck with me this morning. So I'll be back there with you uh, leading your discussion, right? As right now, the high schoolers are planning to sneak out during prayer so they don't have to. <laughs> let's, let's just, let's lift them up and maybe all of the other needs. So if, um, yeah, all the other needs that, that may be displayed here, just, just, let's, let's just pray as I pray. So, Father, we, we pray right now, and we would just ask you to be with Corey and Lindsay. We ask you to be with Bo and with Anna, Lord. We, we pray that you would press in, that you would, Lord, just, just provide them peace, that, that in this moment that you would let them know that you are especially fond of them, that you love them, that you see them, that you hear them. So, Father, there are so many other needs that are going on, Lord, and uh, it may be cancer, it it may be leukemia, Lord, it it may be um, other issues that we we face, Lord, and there may be several of us that are in this room that were like, man, it's it's not leukemia, but but I know what it's like to, to receive disappointing and discouraging, debilitating news. And so, Lord, we pray right now for everyone, Lord, who's a part of this community that needs your touch and needs your grace and needs your peace. Father, we do pray that you would manifest your good purposes through healing that can only be explained by you, and we'll give you, we'll thank you and praise you for that. But Lord, we pray for the doctors and the nurses, and Lord, most of all, we pray for endurance for your people, that we would cry out to you and follow you and manifest your good graces and will to the world around us. So Father, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Go in his peace.